This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice. Hi, I'm Lauren Johnson, leader of the pack and CEO and president of Rudy's Markets, global headquarters in Bend, Oregon of our three-store chain. It's very exciting. We just had our third store come on board January 2nd. I really love our industry. I love the people. I love, most importantly, the customers, our colleagues. And I know it's a little cliche because you both hear it all the time. But what we do matters. What we do is important. It has value. You can't do anything without a meal. So whether it's community giving or selling groceries. And while people say, how hard could it be? Like, really? How hard is grocery? Well, I can tell you it's pretty freaking hard. (laughs) There's a lot to it, but it's just a lot more to love. You're listening to Grocery is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the food and grocery industries. Recorded on location. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Mark Rako on location at the National Grocers Association or NGA's Expo in San Diego, California. And directly to my right at a precise three o'clock is Mr. Sterling Hawkins. Hey man, how are you? Good to be here with you. Good, Mark. Thanks. <laughs> Good. Well, I just want to give people a sense of, you know, what it looks like here. And uh, uh, Sterling, I'm so happy to have you here. Sterling is the co-founder of CART Center for advancing retail and technology, and he's kind enough to sit in on the conversation and help us get it going using his expertise. And uh, we're equally fortunate to be talking, who, who happens to be directly across from me, so I guess that would be 12 o'clock there, Sterling, uh, with Lauren Johnson. <laughs> Lauren, so first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad you're here. Thanks <laughs> for taking it. some time away from your busy schedule here at NGA. I have to start with this. I just have to start with this. So uh, Lauren, of course, is the CEO and president of Rudy's Markets, which is uh, a number of stores under that name, which we'll get to. But what I love so much is her, her actual title on her business card literally says this, leader of the pack, and then in parentheses it says vroom with an exclamation point, slash CEO and president. Yes, it does. Now... <laughs> The reason I'm so taken with this, other than it just being maybe one of the coolest business cards I've ever seen. It might be. Thank it you. might be. <laughs> it's a memory is, maker. It is. It is. It is. I love it. Mm-hmm. As, as I kind of looked at what your brand is about, what struck me most is how, at least to me, it seems like you've truly embraced and succeeded with the consumer experience that so many other brands are trying to pursue. And, and and give to their consumers. It is your brand. It's a moving target. It's ever-changing, ever-evolving, and you hear that. You've got to change or you're going to die. Um, you got to be different. You know, differentiation is where it's at. And you both know because you're in the industry every day, living it, breathing it, that as many times as we say that, who's doing it? Who's making the choice to consciously change? Because change is hard. Change can really suck. I happen to love it. Um, people within our organization love it, but more of them don't. And they struggle to not only accept but embrace and create change. So, so yes, that is absolutely our brand, creating experience. But it's by no means an easy task. 
Yeah. Is everybody given a kind of different title at your organization or is it just you? Oh, no. Uh, everybody. There are a couple pieces to that conversation. So mm -hmm. it started years ago when, you know, we did an all team meeting. You know, what do you want from my dad at the time, Rudy? Yeah. Um, he's like, what do you want from me? How can I support you? And they're like, we really we need you to tell us how good we are and how much fun we're having and that we're doing the right thing. And he's like, so you want me to be your cheerleader? And they're like, yes. And so he was the head cheerleader up until just recently. And wow. it said head cheerleader. And then it said ringmaster of the flying circus. And <laughs> so, yes, um, a lot of our staff, I mean, we're in grocery, right? Like who does business cards for grocery? Well, we do. We actually had an experience, my God, talking about experiences, Antoine's in New Orleans, the restaurant, like oldest restaurant in America. And our waiter in that restaurant gave us such a moment for dinner at the beginning of the meal. My dad leans over to me and he's like, so who did you tell them we were exactly? Because we felt like we were somebody. Wow. We had a private tour. We met the chef. We had pictures taken. And we're just regular old people. And the experience from the moment we entered the door to the moment we left was so captivating and impactful that we're like, oh, my God, what restaurant gives their waiter, long-term waiter, a business card? And huh. so I looked at my COO <laughs> now right and there. I said, oh, my God, Joe, we've got this. We're going to do this. And he's like, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. So, so, yes, we are 100% employee owned. But we then decided to take on really it was the expense was the big hurdle and give our employees business cards. All of them. So or everybody journeyman, that's customer facing. Yeah. So journeyman. Um, head checkers, uh, all of our checkers, actually, um, business cards to hand out and to use and tell people that they matter. I still have my original first business card of my first job that thought I was an important enough person to have a business card. I still have that. It was so impactful to get that and yeah. share it with my friends and my family, look, I've got a business card. And it was the same thing when we started handing out business cards to our staff, our regular old grocery folks. It's a big deal. It's, really it cool. shows them in yet another way that they matter to us and yeah. to our customers and to their fellow colleagues. So, so yes, well, long, long answer to a short question. What did, what did the customers say about that? Because I can imagine just a relationship building machine. Blown away. Where people got to know each other. Blown like, away. wow, like we have a real relationship here. I'm going to check out with you every time, for example. Well, I mean, you know, we've got, we've got several Marys. And there's something about yeah. a Mary that is warm <laughs> and inviting. And you just want to visit with them. And so yeah. our Marys give business cards. In fact, we just reordered business cards for one of our Marys. And it was, oh my gosh, you mean I can call the store and speak with you? Yeah. No problem. Wow. It just, it was so impactful and it continues to have momentum even a couple years later. Have you noticed an impact on retention after this of employees? Employees? I don't know that it plays a role in the retention piece. I think it's total package. Mm -hmm. We really try okay. to be the employer of choice. And so you know, providing health benefits at no expense to our employees and being an ESOP and still offering a 401k and offering a 
you know, a, a rebate or a discount and on and on and on. I think that's the piece that has the most retention value. Right. Okay. So what we've talked about is we've talked about consumer experience a little bit, although I'm sure we haven't touched on the things that you're doing completely. And we've touched a little bit on employee experience, but what is the value prop of your brand? Is the consumer experience the primary value prop or is there another piece to the brand that we're missing that that is community involvement so it's it's experience and again we hear it all the time and people listen and they're like yeah it's the experience you got to create experience but you do have to create experience you have to be exceptional in experience and so while we create you know that disneyland magic within our store um, it's just as important to be community involved I go back to what we do matters. We feed people. You cannot do anything without food in your tummy. And so to be able to participate in our community always, it's an expectation of how we go to market. Um, That creates the experience for our community. I, I know for a fact we have people that shop with us strictly because of our giving. And it's through customer um, donations that we match primarily um, that are a real driving force behind that. We've almost hit the million dollar mark for hmm. a little guy like us. We're, we take a tremendous amount of pride in that um, because it is a small community. Even though we've grown to three stores, the central Oregon area is very small and there's a tremendous amount of need just like every area. I mean, I think I just saw um, at last night's opening talk, the need that the boxes feed 350,000 people in the San Diego area. Yeah. That is stunning to me. And so it's all of our responsibility to have that continuation of community involvement and participation to create that piece of the experience because it's a total package. It's sort of like having a grocery store without any floral. Floral creates the total experience, right? Just like gift Mm -hmm. cards or deli or meat or beer or wine or booze or center store. You have to have that full experience to give people a reason to show up mm-hmm. and choose to shop with you. Since there's a certain amount of revenue or gross profit, if you will, that is, or let's call it margin, a certain amount of your margin is, uh, is devoted towards creating experience, towards uh, what you do for your employees, towards the giving. You know, there's only so much margin that there can be. You're preaching the choir, buddy. And so, so, <laughs> so my, my question is not to question those actions, but what are you not putting money towards because you're putting it towards those things that perhaps creates challenges for you, in, let's say, in terms of innovation or does that create challenge for you? in terms of investing in other ways in the business that it can allow you to grow or keep up with technology yes. needs and so forth. <laughs> yes, it impacts all of those things. I was fortunate enough to be on the CART panel yesterday, and it was technology-focused. And one of the, I hate to say complaint, but one of the issues that us little guys have is you're looking at the IT department for our three-store chain. <laughs> I mean... So many independent retailers do not have the resources to go out and invest in all of these things. Now, that said, you know, we're always talking about ROI. Well, we've had digital shelf tags for 12 years now. And people, in fact, fellow grocers in the Northwest stopped us on the elevator while we're here at this conference and said, oh, 
oh, you guys are the ones with electronic shelf tags. How are you liking those? We're thinking about it. And they go, what, what's the ROI? And I'm like, classic <laughs> grocer question. They said, the ROI is how hip and cool we are. Because honest to God's truth, if you tried to really dial in the ROI for that, good luck. No one would ever do it as a small, teeny, tiny independent. Um, so, yes, all of that, the things that we choose to do, marketing being a, a key one. We've partnered with the same marketing firm for almost 20 years now. That's a huge piece to it because you have to be the leader in telling your story and controlling the narrative. Absolutely. Look, if you have, if you have a, a sign on your in the front of your store that's huge clearly people can see who you are but it's kind of faded it, it kind of looks old and so forth like that it affects people's perception of who you are how much you care uh and it, it doesn't change your ability to see your name to spot you from the street or anything but it is a perception as opposed to a nice shiny beautiful new sign it's the same thing with the digital shelf. It's a perception, like you're saying, that has nothing to do with the product that they're receiving. It, well, but, and going back to the, the E-word experience, I am yeah. fortunate to be surrounded by so many tremendous grocers that I believe to be the very best of the best. And to hold company with them, I've learned so much. Things like how you, how you keep your bathrooms for your public tells you what you think of your customer, how you keep your bathrooms oh, for your amen, staff, so <laughs> how you keep your bathrooms for your staff yeah. tells you what you think of your staff, um, how your parking lot looks. Is it freshly striped? Are, are, you know, does it look well kept? That tells your customers what you think of them. So it's, it's all of those little tiny details. I mean, I nerd out in grocery stores. I love to go to a grocery store. Give me a grocery store. I don't care what continent I'm on. I am there. That's part <laughs> of my travel and my mm -hmm. agenda. And you can learn so much by not only walking any store and really having the mindset of they can do so they're doing something right. It's very easy to pick out the negatives. So focus on the positives because there's always going to be a nugget you can get. Go into their bathroom. Just go into their bathroom and see what they think of their customers because it's going to tell everything. Yeah. And, you know, to your point earlier about the experience, it's easy to forget experience is everything, whether you're paying attention to it or not. Right. It's yeah. Whether it's good or bad. Whether it's good or bad. Right. <laughs> Still an experience. And what's great is that you're intentionally creating that in all of its facets because you don't often see that because it gets caught up in these buzzwords and what's the experience you're creating and to step back and say, well, wait a second, we already have an experience with the bathrooms or with the shelf tags or anything else. Yeah, is it good or bad? Right, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. And what are you going to do about yeah. it? Mm -hmm. All right, a, a little change in, in topic, um, I think. Uh, so I'm looking at your business card uh, again. And one of the things I noticed that was interesting is there, there's three names on here. Rudy's Markets, <laughs> which is really the parent company, right? But it's also... Yep, that's our corporation. corporation the, but the, that's one the of the markets also, right? Yeah. Nope. So it's Rudy's Markets is our umbrella. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And then we do business as Newport Avenue Market. That's the mothership. Right. And um, probably our signature brand. And then most recently, we just rebranded our two other stores to Oliver Lemons. Okay, so two questions. One is, why did you rebrand those? And the second thing is, is I noticed that the, uh, I'm, I'm not searching for anything here. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, on your business card, and I guess elsewhere how it's communicated, it says that uh, Newport Avenue Market is an employee-owned company, mm -hmm. as, as is Rudy's Markets. But it doesn't say that under Oliver Lemons. 
We had too many taglines on our logo. So it, 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 it is. You just, you just There's had always a so much space on that car. Okay, so yeah. this is not your usual market. And for those listening at home, he's getting really close to find the fine print on the business. <laughs> well, that's my eyesight. That has nothing to do with my eyesight. Uh, but um, so my question is, I guess I'll focus on why the rebranding and what does that have to do with the master plan? So Newport Avenue Market, first of all, it's on Newport Avenue. A lot of people neglect that, but it is on Newport Avenue. And um, In Bend, it's it's our signature space. We're never going to move from that location. We own the building. We're we're staying right where we're at, and it is the mothership. I mean, that is where over the course of twenty five years we have become a destination, both as a neighborhood market. That's our primary focus. But now, when people come to Bend, which you ask around, they either want to move there, have been there, or trying to get there. We now are a destination for visitors. Oh, you're going to Ben, you got to go by this store because they have a mural down their entire side with a giant bear and they have a Bigfoot on the other side. And wow. oh my gosh, they have booze and beer and wine and everything else. You've got to stop there. And so we are a destination for the tourist as well. Well, and a tremendous selection of products there that you wouldn't find at a typical store, right? We work really hard for that. We have a thousand vendors around that. So that store (laughs) is 25 years in the making. And we recognize that in the other two communities, albeit very close to where we are, about 20 minutes in in somewhat similar directions, oddly enough, um, but two very different communities, they don't want us. They don't want Newport Avenue Market. They want their own brand that they can identify with. And so, gosh, we took eight or nine months. Um, There was a handful of us, my parents, my COO, and myself, that were trying to come up with interesting names. It is really hard to name a business and have it be interesting and relevant and Mm -hmm. eye-catching and all the things that you hope for when you're branding. And... With a little help from beer and wine, we came up with a great name. <laughs> you did Oliver Lemons. It's great inspiration. Yeah, that's right. So we nailed it, and uh, it was one afternoon, and I called my parents, and I'm like, oh, my God, I finally got it. <laughs> what do you think? And my mom said, I don't hate it. <laughs> and that's I said, well, think on it. Think on it a little me, bit. Right? Sleep so on if it. I can, if I can win, win my mom over, she's really the catalyst of why we became a specialty market at the Bend location, so with her floral background. Yeah, and have you guys always been a specialty market? It's a 25-year evolution, so um, as you know, Sterling, my dad got a big award a couple nights ago um, for lifetime achievement, and my mom was very much the driving force behind him because he was a traditional white short-sleeve shirt, black tie-wearing grocer that would stack it high and watch it fly. And he did a great job of it. And then my mom was on the scene and Mm. she's like, gosh, this industry is changing and it's changing very quickly. How are we going to be different? And so started going to the specialty food show and, um, from there it just snowballed. And now we send teams of people, which is a big deal for three stores, um, three little tiny stores to attend the amount of trade shows that we do because they're not coming to central Oregon to seek us out to sell their product. Although we have made it imperative that we 
promote new businesses, um, we, of which we have a lot in Central Oregon, that like to crop up. A few you may have heard of, like Deschutes Brewery. We helped launch them many, many years ago. Oh, wow. Um, just, just as one. But that's really how we go to market and what we believe is the right thing to do as a neighborhood store. Wow, come a long way from the uh, white shirts and the black ties. A little bit. <laughs> With all the experience. A L- little now. bit, yeah. 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 So, Lauren, what is the roadmap forward for your brand? Are you thinking about world domination, uh, as many stores as we can grow over time that are profitable? Or is it about saying, this? we've kind of done what we want to do, but in order to grow, we have to expand the types of ways that we are touched and the number of times that we touch the consumer. Where is the focus for you at this point? So I joke about global global domination. Okay. Um, but we know we'll get there one day. No. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it really, for us, because we're 100% employee-owned, so it's it was imperative when we were family-owned, and now it's times a thousand because of the responsibility around our employee owners. Um, so smart growth, not growing for growth's sake. I think a lot of times people get wrapped up in that. There have been a few examples in the Pacific Northwest of a bad strategy around that that didn't pan out well for a lot of people. And so to be a student of the industry and look at what has worked for other successful retailers and to grow smart, uh, and again, not for growth's sake. So, so yes, we have three stores, and both of those opportunities presented themselves from our neighbors, really, that were, they didn't have an exit strategy, and it ended up that we were their exit strategy. And in communities that we wanted to grow in, we've learned very quickly that we're not interested in being three hours away and growing in that sense. So obviously growing same store sales is where it's at. But um, to continue to be open to opportunities is really where our growth is. Um, because there are opportunities ahead of us, and I just don't know what they are. And do you see if you were to ever open more stores, they would all be different banners potentially? No, nope, they would be all over lemons. Ah, so that's the the continuity moving forward. It. Yep. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I, I guess uh, summing up a little bit, you know, you were here at NGA. And there's two major things happening here. One is the presentations that are made and the opportunity to learn from those and be inspired by those. And then the second is the actual expo and the the exhibitors here, everything from innovation to e-commerce to um, CPG to, you know, meat. Soup to nuts, quite literally. Really, literally, yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I never thought I love that. So why are you here? What is it that you hope that or you intend to come away from being at NGA that will help you do your job better and help your brand grow? Um, I think it's incumbent on a successful retailer to participate and be at the table with their peers to there's so much we can learn from each other and and the the people that you see thriving as an independent retailer are the people that continue to educate themselves surround themselves with new things like you see here on the show floor and be aware of what's happening i think one of the the factors in our success has always been that yes we are aware of what's happening Um, as an example in bend we are so overstored yes we are aware of our competition but we focus on our four walls Um, we can only control what's happening in those four walls not what's going on around us Um, so 
So telling your story and controlling the narrative is important. Um, a function like this to be in, involved with the board and fellow grocers and the industry at large in terms of um, technology and ca catching up with those vendors is critical. Absolutely critical. And the, the retailers that struggle are the retailers that are not having a seat at the table and participating and making it a point to participate. And I get it. It's expensive. You're away from your business. You're, you're taking the hit by being out of town for a couple of days. Suck it up and do it. Surround yourself with people that have different ideas and maybe will challenge you. It's important. I think that's great for everybody in every industry. It's one of those mm -hmm. things that just applies to people in general. Mm -hmm. And this might be a little early in the show to ask you this, but have you seen anything here? Or maybe if you haven't seen anything, is there anything you're looking for here? So always being aware of furthering our technology, mm -hmm. something that's accessible to a little guy, because so oftentimes they talk about, oh, yeah, we'll work with you. It'll be great. And their technology doesn't marry with our existing technology. And, oh, if you just upgrade to whatever, it'll be fantastic. I'm like, again, you're looking at the IT department. I don't <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's a big deal. <laughs> we, we can't do that. Wait, maybe we can. Let me think about it. Um, I have my favorites. I have my favorite people here that it's great to see once a year. Um, technology that I find to be, I hate to give anyone personal plug, but uh, there is one piece of technology that uh, I've told a couple of my friends in media about because I believe it is a winning technology that is accessible for an independent retailer. Um, it's in the, the e S4, space S4 or? app. Um, yeah. It is... It is useful, it is easy, it is accessible, it was almost effortless to get on board with. Which is unheard of in Absolutely supermarket technology. And, and for, for those of, of us who are not as familiar with it, what, what is this technology? So it's an app that gives me, so the independent retailer lives and dies year over year sales. They want to know what they did in sales. It doesn't matter if they're on vacation or at a trade show. They have their bookie send them the numbers. Well, this app does that. It's what goes through your front end. You can drill down and nerd out on the information. Like, it's pretty bad, actually, because we nerd out on it. Right. You're not on Facebook. You're on S4. It's, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's accurate. It's timely. It will give you more information. I just talked to him before I came to, um, to sit with you, and, and he's developed a few more things that I wasn't aware of. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so um, to be able to take that back, share it, it's accessible to my staff, it's huge. You show me another piece of technology that really was that easy, and I'm in. But I don't think there is one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it wasn't staggeringly expensive. Yeah. That was the other piece. Like, I can afford that. Yeah, well, that's a cool thing, I think, happening, happening. Yes. In supermarket retailers, a lot of these things are moving into the cloud and becoming more accessible. Yeah, thank goodness Not for that easy, cloud. But more, right. We love that cloud. It's, it's just the there. one cloud, but we love it. Uh huh. So, how would you compare technology today to 10 years ago? Has it gotten easier for you, more complex? Oh, because, so accessible, it, yeah. comparatively. Right. I mean, whether it's your front end, your shelf tags, your, your back of house pricing, all of that has hit. I mean, I don't even know that you can say how much it's improved because it's just radical improvement and growth. And, and not always is improvement and growth 
kind of in, said in the same sentence. It's not. <laughs> um, but I would say that for our industry, I mean, shoot, we all walk around with a computer in our pocket and a camera. and That has more who, uh, computing power than the space shuttle had. Dramatically yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> and we're crazy? all walking around with it. So, so it's pretty incredible. We're in a very lucky time, and I think you said it and said it again yesterday that at no time will we ever see the slow pace of change that we've seen in the past. Now it's just faster and faster and faster. Go, 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 and make your head spin fast. So let me ask you this. Even with all this technology and even with it being more accessible, something that struck me uh, when I went on the website for uh, Newport was uh, Newport Avenue was – the idea of people should, uh, these are my words, that people should expect that they're probably going to smile when they come into your store. That that, we sure hope they do. And if they don't, boy, we're not doing our job. <laughs> so my question is, I know we talked about the, the digital signage, uh, shelf signage, and, uh, and the business cards and, and so forth. But how are you thinking about how you can make sure that the customer smiles when they come in? What do you... What are you engineering that is You're supposed to... You're giving us to, way too much credit. Well, 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 well that's okay because, because to, to, to make that part of your marketing message means that you have such confidence that's going to happen. So what is happening that makes you believe that people are going to come in and smile when they come in your store? So that is the expectation. The expectation is that... I'm emulating that, our people are emulating that, that they're, they're seeing it from me throughout the stores and that they're taking the time to interact with people. I can truly say that our customers come in, we have a very European-style shopper that likes to come in one, two, some of them three times a day, and we're happy to see Lovely. them. But they really and truly are meeting in our aisles to see their neighbor, give them a hug, find out how the kids are. Hey, how was that vacation? Um, did they bring that wine in for you that we tried in Italy? Uh, they, it really is a catch-up. It is very old school, and I can say that not a lot of retailers have, are blessed by that, but we are, so it's the relationships that our colleagues in the store feel comfortable promoting with the customer to say, hey, why don't why don't we get together and have a beer? Mm-hmm. You want to meet up for a beer? Gosh, the kiddo graduated high school. Oh my gosh, mine's on to college. I was so sorry to hear about your aunt. Those are all real conversations that happen every single day. And part of it is our staff being vulnerable enough to our customers to come out from behind the counter and visit and have a real conversation that's more than just milk and bananas. Yeah. How are you fostering that? Are you doing anything to lean into that and say, okay, I know that people, for example, I know people like to come in the store and see their neighbor. Um, Let's provide them a venue in the store that helps facilitate that, for example. Well, I would love to say that we have a dance floor of space, but we pack it in. We cram it into (laughs) our store so that it's tight. But we do the traditional tastings. I can say we do a customer appreciation sale. I hate to call it an annual event, but it really is. And I would tell you that we have customers that come in and give us a hug and say oh, thank you. you. So when was the last time you went into XYZ store when they were having a 20% off coupon and give them a hug and say thank you? We've gotten 
little love notes in the mail saying, thank you so much. We appreciate you for a sale. It is the best day to work that and the holidays. Like you get hugs in the aisle. Our customers bake cookies and bring them in. Um, it, it's, it is going back to what do you love, right? Like, what do you love about our industry? What is there not to love about our industry? We feed people. I mean, we have relationships with people. It's pretty freaking cool. I've got to make it up to your store one of these days. Yeah. Yes, you <laughs> We keep do. talking about it. I'll I know. just keep well, harassing you. It's a destination, <laughs> so I, I will one of these days for sure. And I think the other component you add on here is when you walk into a space that's paid such attention to detail and the people and their care for people, you can't help but smile when you get there because well, you feel and, it. And to be clear, we are by no means perfect. I mean, yes, we pay attention to detail, but man, don't look too close in some areas. <laughs> yeah. um, we are no different than every other retailer out there and that we have continued work to be done. But I would just challenge people to take a risk change because if it's not working what you're doing if it's not working just stop just stop (laughs) and shift directions it's not that difficult we just overthink it and overthink Mm -hmm. it so take a risk this is a family business yes yes so my folks founded it and now we're employee-owned but they're still involved in the business all right so getting to a little bit more of the personal side of it if you had not continued in the family business what is the most likely other career that you might have had? Oh, here are some weird fun facts for you. So I actually had to apply when I was 16. I wasn't a great high school student, so I had to wait. I interviewed. I filled out the application. I got the job. I was super excited. So I've been... You're talking about a job in your box parents' Box kid. Store. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't an automatic. <laughs> she was like, I got the job. No, I had to go apply the whole wow. thing. That's how you learn. Right of passage. And uh, so I've been a box boy is what we were called. Okay. Thank you very much. I've been a checker. I've been a donut fryer. I've worked in the deli. Um, and then I left for 20 years because my family was like, oh, yeah, the kid's not going into the business. And I was a flight attendant. Turns out I wanted to do that for a long time. It was great. And then I what worked for a airline? marketing company, uh, regionals, so American Eagle and Horizon Air, back in the day. And uh, then I was at a marketing company. I was the receptionist, grew into um, really helping run the office. It was She was my best boss because she was so hard on me. She broke me. <laughs> Like and built me up like to what she it wanted. Down and built you back uh, up, right? Yeah, I mean, honest, honestly, I've written her some some <laughs> thank you notes over the years. Yeah. Um, and then I was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, the opportunity came up. My folks were like, hey, what are you doing? You interested? <laughs> I lived three hours away, still was very involved with the company, attended trade shows and came to meetings. And uh, I said, heck, yeah. Came back, and I think it was my first year back. And my mom looked at my dad and said, oh, my God, she was actually paying attention. <laughs> and I looked at both of them and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so, yes, um, what I would be doing other than this, I really don't know. Because I truly, genuinely love what I do. Can I ask a personal question, yeah. too? <laughs> yes, Geraldine, you may. <laughs> you guys are so inspiring. Where do you find your inspiration, other than the beer and liquor sometimes? 
sometimes you're so generous. Um, <laughs> everywhere. I think that's one thing that independents struggle at acknowledging is the need to look around, the need to travel, the need to not just set it and forget it. So for us, I, I love to travel. It is my passion. We have been fortunate to be a lot of places around the globe, Africa being my favorite. I think that you really have to be willing to get outside of your comfort zone, look around. You can get inspiration from anywhere. I would use um, some of the reality TV shows that are popular. Uh, do I enjoy them on occasion? Do I follow them on Instagram? You bet your ass I do because they have more followers than just about anything else out there. So you yeah. need to be aware whether you agree with it or disagree with it. You need to be aware of what is happening around you because ideas come from everywhere. You know that. But most importantly, your customers are influenced every day in every facet. From so everywhere. if you are not paying attention to a broader picture, you're really missing the boat. Really missing the boat. Whether that be a magazine in the dentist's office. I can't tell you getting my hair done. Looking through the bad <laughs> magazines. I take pictures. I send them to my staff. I'm like, hey, why don't we have this on our shelves? Did you know this was even out? It comes from everywhere. TV, social media, newspapers, walking down the sidewalk, looking in a store that you think you have nothing in common with to really being open to it attending events like this <laughs> right really on a, on a slightly related note i you just inspired me to look at your instagram account for the for new part port avenue mm -hmm. and one thing i found fascinating was you feature your employee owners yes on a regular basis in a really creative way as part of the instagram content well and i would say that those are our most popular posts Hmm. On on whatever platform you're talking about, social media or yeah. otherwise, our people love our people. And when I say that, I'm talking about our customers. Our, our store is more their store than than it is ours. I mean, they take total ownership. Like, whoa, hey, what what's going on here? I see you changed this. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but close personal relationships, right. just a short example. We had our gal that ran our front end for 30 years. She died. It was awful. We had hundreds of customers show up to her memorial because she impacted that many people. Wow. It's incredible. It's pretty cool. So, Lauren, if people want to connect with you and, and the business, how can they do that? So, NewportAvMarket.com, uh, Facebook. I actually do our other st two stores, social media. <laughs> so, so, I'm pretty... I'm pretty accessible, but my email is Lauren at NewportAvMarket.com. And that's L-A-U-R-E-N? Correct. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, this is one of those interviews I just wish wasn't over. I kind I know, of feel too. like... You're kind. The, 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 <laughs> I, I feel the, the reverberation of what must feel like in the store coming through you, Lauren. So... Uh, the leader of the pack, Vroom, <laughs> uh, Lauren Johnson uh, from Rudy's Markets, Newport Avenue Market, and Oliver Lemons, and probably much more as time goes on, I would imagine. But <laughs> we hope. 
Thank you very much for joining us here Thank on location both. at NGA in San Diego. Uh, I wish you the very best. Thank you. Uh, that's it for this really great conversation. Really appreciate you listening to everybody. Uh, for my good friend here, Sterling Hawkins. Good to be with you. I'm Mark Rico. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This has been Grocery is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice.